Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Have you ever been in a packed out stadium when the home team scores and, you know, the MCG, I've been there, 100,000 people stand on their feet and they're just giving it up for the home team. Uh, Have you ever been in something like that? It's just like this big tidal wave or uh, a tsunami of of a shout. The, The home team just scored. Uh, and whatever your sport is, I, I feel sorry for you if you don't have a sport where people stand and cheer when the team scores. I guess maybe uh, curling might be that if you're into that. Uh, but usually there's like, if it's football, real football, soccer, or whatever your sport is, your team scores, the stadium goes nuts. And, and there's nothing, hardly anything like that, except except when the congregation of believers stands and praises God. There's something powerful about that. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We all have uh, kind of our take on praise and worship and what it is. And if you're new to church and you kind of come into uh, an atmosphere like this, you think, oh, what's that all about? I'm not a happy, clappy kind of a person. I don't feel like shouting or singing or whatever. I'm I'm quiet. I'm reserved. Hold on, because it's got nothing to do with your personality profile type. It's got everything to do with what we're going to talk about this morning. So I'm really excited. I've called this morning's message, The Big Put-On. The Big Put-On. I kind of wrestle with titles because I I like to leave something open for interpretation. I, I uh, met this guy at a pastor's conference on Friday, I think it was. Uh, a bunch of pastors got together with our state uh, member of parliament. And uh, it was pretty interesting because he said, oh, I heard a message of yours on Pentecost. I liked the message. I didn't like the title. And I said, good, I'm glad you didn't like the title. <laughs> and, uh, he's This guy's in charge of the... Um, um, what do they call it? Oh, gosh. The lobby, the, the Christian lobby. Anyway, because I didn't like the title. I said, well, what didn't you like about the title? It was, uh, uh, it was called What Happened to Lost Pentecost. And <laughs> anyway, uh, I was kind of glad because I believe that a message should be like that. It should put a big question mark in there. It should get you curious. It should stir something up. We often hear about fake it till you make it. Or the Christian version of that, faith it. You've ever heard that? Until you make it. When it comes to what we call praise and and worship, and especially singing and shouting, we did some of that this morning, uh, there's always that I don't feel like it. My circumstances haven't lined up. I've walked in here with a head cold or whatever, whatever. my, uh, my, My bills are piling up, my health issues, my family issues, relationships, jobs. There's, there's every reason not to feel like standing and shouting during uh, a song or whatever it is. There's always a reason. And, And the way to overcome that reason is what I want to talk about today and kind of answer the big why. Why do we do this anyway? Why do we have, you know, the whole get up a band and uh, singers and 
you know, words and, and all the rest of it, which may be foreign to you. Why do we, why do, we do this? And, and how do we step into this when we discover the why? I want you to go with me over to Isaiah 61. Isaiah was a prophet. And this, uh, this prophecy that he writes about here, it's in um, Isaiah 61. Let's go with verse 1. And this prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus, but is continually being outworked in, in the body of Christ, which is his church, which is us. So it's very much prophetically speaking about you and I. And it gives some things away here that I want to, uh, us to look at. The big put on, why? So the Spirit of God, Isaiah says, is, is upon me. Now, I, I love the different tenses here of time. Is is present tense. He is. The Spirit of God, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, very much God, God's Spirit, is upon me. Why, why is God's Spirit upon you, Isaiah? Why did the Spirit of God come upon the Son of God when He walked on the earth? And even more importantly to us right now, why would we want to have the Spirit of God on us? Well, because. So this is the reason, this is the, the cause, if you will, of the Spirit of God coming upon Him and Jesus and us, because the reason the Lord has. Notice the tense here shifts from present tense, the Spirit of God is on me, to past tense, because He has anointed me. Now that anointing is just uh, the presence of God coming upon you. That, that's called the anointing, the empowerment of God. He's, a, he's, a, he's anointed me. He's already called you to do this, to preach good tidings to the poor. Now you might be one of the poor, poor in spirit, poor financially, poor in health, whatever that is. And God has a solution to get you out of that and that's his anointing, his presence to come upon you. But how hard it is to say something like, good news for you if you're poor, good news for you if you're sick, good news for you if you're down, depressed, brokenhearted, whatever it is. It's the last thing that we want to do is come in with a happy face and come in and proclaim good news <laughs> if you're poor. But that's exactly what God wants us to do, and that's exactly why we praise. It's a big put-on. Now, I'll get to that in a moment, but to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Not to get in the uh, pity party or to climb into the, uh, the victim's seat or, 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 or all of that, but, but to preach good tidings. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. We don't want people to stay in prison. We want them to come out, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. God wants to enact vengeance on your enemy, whatever that enemy is. If it's sickness, that's an enemy. God wants to exact vengeance. How do you exact vengeance on the enemy of sickness? You get healed. How do you exact vengeance on poverty? You, you provide. 
How do you exact vengeance upon depression? You get out of that. How do you exact vengeance on whatever it is, whatever prison that you're bound with? He says here in verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of, uh, of the Lord, vengeance uh, of our God, comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, the church, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Joy oil was something they put on their face that radiated, reflected back. It, it shined forth, even if they weren't feeling like that. Now here's the big put on. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So here's the big put on. One translation says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's God's presence. You have to put on the presence of God. But I don't feel like it, Pastor Ed. I, I, I feel depressed. I, I, I don't feel happy. I, I, I feel down. I'm, I'm reserved. I'm quiet. Uh, you don't understand. Oh, I understand fairly well, believe me. I happen to be a human being too. <laughs> I actually have feelings. I actually have things that come against me. I'm not, you know, Pastor Ed, Superman outfit. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> you have no idea. We all have challenges. We all get hit with bad news. Depression knocks at my door just like it does at yours. There's nothing that you face that I probably haven't faced in some measure. And the same with everybody that's sitting in the congregation. But God has a solution for that. He says, put the oil on your face. Even when, I, even when I'm, I'm down and, and, and I, I don't feel you know, like rejoice, put the oil on. Get my presence. Oil is a type of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Put on. That's where I got the title. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, I love this because uh, it says the next verse here, it says that they may be called trees of righteousness. The Bible says, call those things which be not as though they were. Oh, but we're not trees of righteousness. We're, we're sinners. We miss it. We screw up. We got dirt on the garment. That they might be called, we're going to do all of this, that they might be called uh, trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Don't you love it? When you hear somebody's testimony, we heard uh, a few of those during our our prayer time this morning. I don't know how it just broke out. Different people were talking about how they came into City Church and how different they were. They came in one way and, and got planted in the house and, and they walk out a different way. If that's uh, not your testimony, I believe it can be. Planted in the house of God. Righteous trees of, that they might be called but we're not, but we're not righteous, that you might be called righteous. God says you are the righteous. Righteous just means uh, the ability to stand in the presence of God as if you've never sinned. See, the thing about praise and the reason it's a put on is because it's taking God's holy, beautiful garment, righteous garment, the white robe of righteousness, and it's putting it over a dirty, filthy sinner just like you and me. It's, it's the prodigal son. He's been eating pig slop. He's, he's 
filthy. He stinks, and he starts, he, he makes a decision, I'm coming home. I'm going to go back to Father's house. And, and he changes direction. That's what the word repent means. It means change your mind, change your direction. He starts to walk back, but thoughts probably start to bombard him, which would bombard us, which is the reason we find it hard to get into praise and worship and sing all of these songs about who we are in Christ and how much God loves us. These thoughts start to plague him as he's walking back to Father's house. But you're not worthy. You're going to get there. You're going to get condemned. They're, they're going to crucify. Your older brother's waiting there, and he was. He's religious. He, he, he's got attitude toward you. It's always the older brother in the house, the religious one, that has attitude towards those people that try to come back, that try to come home. It's usually the, the enemy of the church. I say this is often Christians, unfortunately. Somebody said once they want to, they want to say to that that demon wants to say, Christian, come out of that person and leave them alone. It's like, wow, you know, we, we do the work of the enemy when we don't receive somebody back into the fold, when we're, we're, we're picking up stones. He said, let the person with, with, without sin cast the first stone, Jesus said. It certainly isn't me. And, and, and so it's that mean spirit, it's that condemnation, it's that expectation uh, of judgment that keeps so many people from coming back into the household of God, that, that blocks so many people from coming to church because of what they've seen on television or, or what somebody uh, with their righteous bony finger pointing at them, proclaiming judgment on them. It, it, it's what they see that, that causes them to go, I'm not, I can't go there. I've had people that I've shared with and invited to church say, oh, the, 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 the roof would cave in if I can. I said, good, let it cave in. I always wanted to worship God under the sun and the stars anyway. It's really important for us to understand we have to put this on. We put this on first. See, faith always goes first. And in and, and, and verse 4, they shall rebuild. This is what happens when God's people start to realize that they can put on this garment even though they're not worthy because he is worthy. They shall rebuild. This is what the outcome. Now notice we shifted from present tense, the Spirit of God is upon me, for he has, past tense, already called me to do all of these things. And now we're going over to future tense. This is the outcome. This is the result, if you will, when you do the big put on, when you put on the presence of God, when you put on the garment of praise, look at the outcome here. They shall. They're going to rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall, again, this is what we're going to do, shall, shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call on the servants of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And, and in their glory, you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice. 
in their portion. All, all of these things that he said, the Spirit of, uh, of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, uh, set at liberty those that are kept. All of these things start to happen from the presence of God. When you put on God, you, these things shall happen. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. See, praise is practicing the presence of God. When you don't feel like it, it takes faith. It takes faith for me to come into a worship service. It takes faith for everybody that's on the platform, that's on our worship team, if you will. It takes faith for every one of us Hardly a Sunday go, comes and goes where I, where I go, oh yeah, man, I really feel like it. Everything, my, my health and my situation and, and, and my personality, believe it or not, I'm actually not an extrovert. Uh, well, people go, you're an extrovert. It's, no, I'm not actually. Give me a book in a quiet corner. I'm happy. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is, you know, sometimes going to parties, be the life of the party, all of that. It just isn't me at all. Uh, but I got to put on some things. And so do you. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to do that. We think that, that it's got to come to us when we feel like it. If, if you're going to wait till you feel like doing things of God, it, it, then it requires no faith. You're never going to do it. You'll drag in and drag out and nothing's going to change. You go, oh, it's not, nothing's changed in my life. It's just the same. It's just, not, you know, well, yeah, because it's by faith. And whatever's not of faith is sin. If you don't exercise faith and do the things of God obediently and do those things first, fire the first shot. That's the way that you win. Not wait. Wait for it all to happen. Then you're going to feel like, oh, anybody can do that. I shout when I don't feel like shouting. I sing when the last thing I want to do is sing. I come to church often. Well, because I'm the pastor. But... <laughs> But when I'm not the pastor, I, I make myself do these things. It's a discipline. You understand? It takes faith. So three things happen when you put on praise. Number one, your focus moves from your problem to his promise. You get your eyes off of your big problem. You start to magnify him. He's not going to get any bigger, but your problem is surely going to get a lot smaller when you're in the presence of God. You start singing by faith what God has done for you. Number two, the atmosphere you're in changes. It changes from, from fear to faith. It changes from courage, uh, a discourage rather. Your courage comes back from hopelessness to hope. These things start to rise up, but you've got to put it on when you don't feel like putting it on. And number three, you touch the heart of your heavenly Father. When people praise Him, and when you sing about Him, when you don't feel like it, you shout, when, you, when everything in you says, no, don't do that. When you do that, God's heart is touched. It's like, oh, my daughter, my son, they, they trust me. They're, they're declaring my promise above their problem. So many times we, we come in, with our problem. We're weighed down. I see people coming into church, and I'm thankful. I think, best place for you to come. You're here. That's, that's just getting here. That's like, wow. 
I'm over the, I, I seriously, I get excited when I see people coming into the house. Even if you are dragging yourself and you're down and all the rest, I just think, good, because my job and my challenge, what God's given me, is to shift you out of that. It's the Spirit of God is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the good news to you. He's anointed me to heal the broken. He's anointed me to set prisoners free. So it's a challenge. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. I love it. I love seeing people come to church, dragging themselves in. I think, we're up for it. We pray, 9 o'clock. We get in and we pray. I invite you to come at 9 o'clock and pray with us. We pray for this service because it's not just up to the worship team. It's not just up to the pastor. It's not just up to any one of us. We're a, we're a team of prayer warriors. We're a team that recognizes we've got to put on the presence of God. We put, we've got to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because we too have to walk in, in here. And sometimes we're very, very heavy. You have no idea. But I don't walk out of here the same. The preacher doesn't walk out. Everything I'm preaching to you, God's preaching it to me. I get to hear the same message that you do. I get to experience the same transformation that you can experience by faith. Now, sometimes the odds are overwhelmingly against you. Uh, I get it. You've, you know, we're in a battle, and sometimes that battle hits us in so many different fronts. That the negativity, the, the discouragement, as I get older, the physical things that I have to overcome that I, I didn't have to overcome when I was in my 20s. Now that I'm, you know, my next big birthday is 70. It's like, oh, this is, is it going to get any better? My 91-year-old dad says, no, son, it gets worse. <laughs> I'm like, what? He says, yeah, wait, just wait. He says, I was good till I was 80. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and we have to overcome these things. And sometimes the odds of us overcoming are just overwhelmingly, you're not going to do it. Am I preaching to anybody at all that's here right now? Amen. I love this passage here. And I, uh, we're going to look at it, Judges 1. They're facing an incredible battle like many of us. It says, after the death of Joshua, he was a hero. He got him into the promised land where Moses died and didn't. And the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is going to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? It's kind of their arch rival, these Canaanites. And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. Who's going to go up first? Judah's going to go up first. Judah means praise. But we don't feel like we're, just, we're, we're, we're fearful of these Canaanites. My goodness. You know, these people are going to eat us alive. What are we going to do? Who's going to go up first? I'm going to send the praisers out first. I'm going to send Judah out first. And, and, and I have given the land into their hands. Past tense. The men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, come with us into the territory allotted to us. Every one of you has a territory that God has allowed. God wants you to take some ground. God's got promises for you. God's got some places that God wants you to walk upon. God wants you to eat the fruit uh, uh, of the land. God's got an incredible destiny for you, vision for you. God's got a plan for you and for this church. God wants you to go into that land by faith. 
but, but Judah praise goes first, then the Simeonite. Simeon means hearing. Praise comes out first, joined by hearing. Now, if you've uh, been in the Word of God for any length of time or listen to this preacher, you know where I'm going with this one because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But you've got to put on that garment. First, you have to exercise faith. And then when you sing out to God, when you start to praise God because it's a put on at first, it's a step of faith when I don't feel like you're just putting it on. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. When I don't feel like it, when I walk into a, a, a praise and worship service, I don't feel like it, but I put it on. I put him on. I put on my praise. I start to sing when I don't feel like it. What is that called? It's called faith. And then hearing kicks in. My ears start to hear what my mouth is declaring and singing about. And guess what? Judah and Simeon come together into the battle. Now this is incredible what God did here. And the Lord answered, Judah, praise shall go up. I've given the land of your, into your hands. Simeon comes along. Come with us to the territory allotted. So the Simeonites went with them. And, 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 and it's incredible. Faith starts to kick in. And then the battle shifts. They go into battle. Praise takes faith. But faith uses praise. But the devil wants you to take it alone. He doesn't want you coming and singing with a group of people that believe. No, no, he wants you to be a loner. Hollywood paints the picture of the loner. That's the cool person. Yeah, be a loner. Be your own man. It used to be commercials in America of camel cigarettes, you know, the camel guy. He's out there, all oh, by, yeah, it's just me. Under the stars, killing myself. <laughs> well, the camel guy didn't last real long. See, Satan wants to shut you up. You play by Satan's rules, and you shall surely lose. You isolate yourself. You rage against all wise judgment. Verse 4, so Judah attacked. Praise attacked. The Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000, get that, 10,000 men at Bezek. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32, one can put 1,000 to flight, and two can put, come on, 10,000 to flight. You can praise on your own. You might get 1,000, but corporately, I want to go for that 10,000. So there's an incredible, incredible presence of God when you put it on. I, I love watching a building go up. Uh, I, I just like it. I'll drive past something, and uh, we've been to the CBD here in Maroochydore, driving, cycling in there, and looking at, whoa, look at this. What's this going to look like? And there's one thing that you can look at that'll give you some indication anyway of what the building's going to look like, and that's the foundation. The foundation of a building will tell you a lot about the proposed building, the future building. And there is a foundation that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. He says this, he says, no other foundation can be built other than the one that I laid, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There is no other bedrock that you're going to stand on. You say, why do I need to stand on that? Because you can't stand up and praise God if you're on shaky ground. And it's not best done from a sitting position. When your team scores the winning goal and you're at the MCG, man, 100,000 people, except for the visitors, 100,000 or whatever, will get up and they will be shouting because they've got confidence now that my team is going to do it. We're going to pull this thing off. And this is the confidence that I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. Hello, Simeon. And if he hears me, I have those petitions that I've desired of him. When I stand and shout, I have to stand on something that's not shaky ground. I decided with, uh, when Mitch was out that we we're going to do high ropes. So we started off with the high ropes at the plaza over here, goes along the river. And I'm not really afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of heights. Uh, Mitch wanted to do it because he is. <laughs> and so we're asking the guy like, uh, okay, wh what should we do? Start off with the beginner's one, then work your way up to the intermediate, and then you can do the top one. So, uh, you know, I did the, the beginner's one, it was easy. Uh, for me anyway, and did that. Then I got to the intermediate one. I, I didn't find that a challenge at all, but I got tired, so I didn't do the top one. Mitch did that. And then we decided, let's go to the big pineapple because they actually have uh, a better course. It's like it's longer and it's higher up and uh, all of that. So we made plans, so we did that. And, and again, asked the question, what do you recommend? Start off, he says, uh, on the, the intermediate one. And then you can go to the advanced. But that's not the top one. The top one is the double black diamond or whatever it is. It's the, it's the one where <laughs> you really, you got to climb a rope to get up there, not a ladder. And you have to swing with uh, like monkey bars kind of a thing, which I don't do and all that. So I gave that a miss. But I was on the advanced one and I thought, this is pretty cruisy. I don't know why this is called advanced. Until I got to one of the exercises there, it's like uh, a series of like ropes with uh, like round logs, and they're spaced quite, quite far apart. You, you've got a harness with a safety line, so if you do fall or whatever, it's going to catch you. But it was such that if I did fall, if I came off, then I was going to dangle there <laughs> until somebody came and rescued me. Help! So I thought, there's no way that I'm going to have the staff come and save my life. I'm going to persevere with this thing. So on there, and I'm doing pretty good, but it's, it's, there's no foundation. It's like there's these wires, and you're trying like, to get your balance and all of that, and, and, and then you, you take a step. And anyway, I'm, I'm not that far from the end, and, and all of a sudden, everything went parachute. Everything went wrong. The, uh, I don't know what it was, but the whole thing starts shaking, and I got over to the thing, and then the log thing that I tried to get my foot on, it just went out from under me, and I had my glasses on. I have prescription uh, glasses, and I thought, I'll wear these things because they're pretty snug on my face, but I was sweating so much that they're sliding off my face, and my helmet's come down over my eyes. And, and I fell backwards, and I'm like hanging on for dear life, and I've got no footing. I've just got nothing to put my feet on, except this thing that's kind of, and Mitch is behind me. He is cacking it. He's just having the best time watching Dad. If he would have had a camera, if he would have had his phone, 
out, but he was on the same, uh, the same adventure. He couldn't, couldn't take a picture of me. Thank God for that one. I said, man, I only miss, I could, I wish I could have captured that dad. It was a classic. It was so funny. He's roaring and laughing. I'm thinking, I'm going to lose my glasses, which I did uh, somewhere down in the fauna, in the forest there as a very expensive pair of sunglasses of mine. <laughs> but the, but, but being defeated, not being able to get your footing, not having anything sure to stand on. It's, it's one of the most awkward things, especially when you're really high up and you're thinking, man, like, thank God for the safety harness. I did recover. It was very, very hard, but I did just out of sheer determination and not wanting to be humiliated and embarrassed. I got my footing enough to get on the platform at the end of that thing and just, uh, I'm like, I'm wiped. Dad, come on, let's go to the double, triple diamond black thing. Forget it. You go, man. Go, go, go. I'm down. I'm going to take the, the next way down. I'm out of here. And sometimes, seriously, we get in these situations in life. But listen to this. Oh, this is so good. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, I, I laid the foundation. No other foundation. And then Ezra 3, listen to this. When the builders are building the foundation of the temple, I'd like our worship team to come up, thanks. Then the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord. The priests on their vestments and the trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals. Oh, I love this. God's got like, he uses percussion. With cymbals prescribed by David, king of Israel with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. This is why we sing. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people, hello, gave great shout of praise to the Lord. Who are you shouting to? You're shouting to the Lord. Somebody wrote a song called that because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. When your team has scored and you're on the winning side, you can't sit there and shut up, but you shouldn't sit there and shut up for your own sake. You need to put it on. Even if you don't feel like you got it on, put it on. Put it on. Exercise faith. Put it on when you don't feel like it. Shout and sing when you don't feel like it, when your personality is contrary. Shout and sing and praise God and lift your hands and watch what happens from your heart to your mouth, that connection. Watch what happens when your ears pick up on what your mouth is singing about. Watch what happens in your heart as courage starts to rise up. That word courage comes from Latin core, C-O-R. And it means literally the heart. Core means heart. Where we get coronary from. Courage is a matter of the heart. You get core courage in your heart when you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Oh, this isn't just a serve. Oh, I don't feel it. Oh, the happy clappy. You have no revelation of this. 
got nothing to do with just happy clapping because I feel like it. It's got everything to do with faith. And God wants you to take the exercise, your faith, so that God then can do something amazing in your life. Don't ever walk in and out of a worship service the same. Don't ever just sit there uh, complacent and not doing what you know that you could do if you want it. For your sake, you need to be shouted. For your sake, you need to be praising God. Oh, but so many people, they just, they just reinforce all the problems, the negativity in the world, and all the rest of it. They use the biggest force that they have, which is the words coming out of their mouth, which need to be, be declared. My God is able. My God is for me. My God is not against me. And singing and shouting to God. They need to exercise that and create something as God created the universe with his word. You can create a brand new universe for your world through praise and through worship. Don't let the devil get you down in the mouth. Stand up. Get on God's high rope. But no, you've got, you've got a foundation, sure foundation that the devil just wants to totally discourage you. But praise is the courage to sing. It's, it's the courage to sing your story when you know that you're not perfect. The big put on is put in a white robe on a dirty sinner. Don't let the devil shut you up. Finally, Hebrews 13, 15. Through Christ, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, not just when I feel like it, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice is when you don't do it because you feel like it. A sacrifice is when you don't feel like it. Otherwise, it's not a sacrifice. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly profess His name. Praise Him when you don't feel like it. Put it on. A couple of scriptures here, and then we're going to close. Psalm 98, 4. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath, you got some breath this morning, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 47, 1. Clap your hands, all your nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. I don't know about that shouting and, and clapping in church. Well, David said, do this. Psalm 66, 1. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Friends, don't let the devil shut you up. Praise has a voice. Put it on. Amen. Come on, let's stand together. We're out of time. I want you to stand, and, and, and as you do, as your feet come under you, I want you to feel the foundation that you stand on the solid rock. It is Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other else is sinking sand. My circumstances, they are sinking sand. How I feel is sinking sand. Depression or whatever it is that's knocking at your door, you will never stand on that. You won't stand on your bank account. You won't stand on the real estate market. You're not going to stand on the news being good worldwide. You're not going to stand upon economics. You're not going to stand about any of that. There's only one foundation that you can stand on, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, you can trust in Him. So I want you to get ready to shout. We're going to.
sing and shout in a moment. Uh, I know there's a couple songs they did in that set that we can do. And I, I want you to put your whole heart into that. But right now, I'm going to pray right now. If you're watching uh, online, I just want to invite you into the body of Christ. If you're not in the body of Christ, maybe you've been away. Maybe you got caught in life's problems and circumstances. Maybe you got caught up in some things that caused you to go away from God, away from perhaps a church that you attended. And wherever you're at in the world, there's certainly a good church in your city. And, I, and God wants you plugged into his body so that you can experience. If you're on the Sunshine Coast, by all means, check us out. If the shoe fits, stay. If not, there's, I'll recommend other churches for you. But, but get into the assembly. Get into God's body. But the biggest thing right now is the decision to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray for you right now. So wherever you're at, here or watching online, I want you to uh, perhaps close your eyes just to get intimate with God. This is the defining moment of your life right now. It's asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart. It's giving your life to him. So I'm going to lead you in prayer. It's not a formula, but if you want to pray this after me, say, Dear God, thank you for sending your son into my life. Jesus, I give you my heart. Amen. God bless you if you're watching online. Yeah, give it up. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.